Welcome to episode 252 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, the comprehensive guide to delay, don't deny, intermittent fasting. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right, we're talking pounds of meat for free, plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is ButcherBox. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it. Especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood, there's a lack of transparency, it can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. By directly partnering with farmers and fishermen, ButcherBox cuts out the middleman of the grocery store and directly delivers delicious meat and seafood straight to your door. And they have the highest standards. Their salmon, for example, is wild caught. Their beef is 100% grass fed and 100% grass finished. Their chicken is free range and organic, and it all tastes delicious. I love their chicken, love their meat, love their seafood. They have amazing scallops as well. And you can really find the collection of food that you want that works for you and your family. They have curated boxes, so you can get exactly what you want as fresh as possible because yes, meat and seafood that is immediately frozen is fresher than meat that is waiting out and never frozen. That's because it's frozen at its peak of freshness. It's funny because people kind of think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, I need never frozen meat and seafood. No, 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 no. You want frozen. You want meat and seafood that was immediately frozen and then shipped to you, which is what ButcherBox does. I eat a lot of steak at restaurants. ButcherBox's fillets are divine, way better than anything I would get at a restaurant. Their other cuts are amazing as well. With their seafood, I know I can trust them that I'm actually getting what they say because yes, there is a lot of scams in the seafood industry and their chicken also tastes amazing. It's free range and organic and tastes delicious. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner and ButcherBox has an incredible offer for our audience. You can have your choice of a weeknight meal essential for free in every order for a whole year. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use ifpodcast to choose either three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of grass-fed, grass-finished premium steak tips plus $20 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use code ifpodcast to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. ButcherBox.com slash IFPodcast with code IFPodcast. I will put all this information in the show notes. One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons 
reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 252 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am doing great, although I'm freezing. Oh, Is it wonderful? No, not wonderful. (laughs) I love the cold. I finally got back to cryotherapy after not going for about two or three weeks with COVID. So I love cold. Are you like feeling fully recovered? Yes, pretty much. Oh, that's good. It's wonderful. I do have an exciting announcement to make. Well, I can't wait to hear an exciting announcement. What is that? So I think I can officially announce the next supplement that we're going to be making. Very cool. I already know what it is, but announce it. Actually, you don't. You changed it? Well, okay. It was going to be one thing, but due to sourcing of materials, because I'm very, very stringent in the ingredients that we're using. And so for the other... The other supplement, we really want it to be an organic version and it's craziness in the world with sourcing of materials. So we had to push back that timeline. But there's another one we can do before then that is also something that I take every single day of my life. So I'm very excited. And I'm very excited because I just rebooked actually two guests. I'm really excited. I'm just always excited. That's a good way to go through life. Excited. I know. I was having a moment with my business partner this week and he he made a joke because something really great had happened and he was like, Merry Christmas. And I was like, I really feel like every day's Christmas. Like I really do feel like that, sort of. But in any case, I rebooked David Perlmutter and Dr. Stephen Gundry, which is very exciting. But do you know what Dr. Gundry's new book is? I actually don't know. What's his new book? It's called Unlocking the Keto Code, the revolutionary new science of keto that offers more benefits without deprivation. It comes out March 8th. That's been a fun time. I almost sent you a screenshot because I have a, a galley copy of it. His whole thesis is that we've got ketones all wrong. All wrong. <laughs> well, that's interesting. His basic thesis is that their benefit is not that they are a super fuel, that they actually make our bodies waste fuel. Like their main benefit is not being a fuel, but rather it's their signaling effects on our mitochondria. So it's been a really fun read, but I was excited because last night I was reading it and he started talking about NAD. This all relates. 
NAD and how important it is. And so I've talked about NAD on the show before. NAD is not a supplement. You cannot, well, you can do an NAD in like blood IV, but that's not what I'm talking about. So NAD, he makes a really nice analogy. So our cells, all of our cells in our body have mitochondria and that is the powerhouse of the cell. It's responsible for our cells generating energy. So it's just really important within the mitochondria. If you think of electrons, which are involved, this is the analogy that he made. If you think of electrons that are involved in energy as like a baseball and a baseball game being thrown around, NAD is sort of like the, I think he called it like the second baseman. It's like one of the the players who's responsible for moving around the electrons. So it's super important for basically everything you do. And levels go down as we age, and it's often thought to be one of the contributing factors to aging, our levels going down. Also, disease and illness and stress can all deplete it. So there are two supplements that you can take to boost it, and this is actually one of the things we've been debating between. There's something called NR, and then there's something called NMN. They are both precursors. I've taken both, and I've done a lot of research, and I feel really good about NMN. That's what David Sinclair personally takes and recommends. That's what my friend James Clement, who wrote the book, uh, sorry, who wrote The Switch takes and recommends. And he actually has a lab and he's often testing NAD levels and supplements for NAD. His lab is about studying longevity. I've actually had Chris Shade from Quicksilver Scientific on my show and we talk because they have an NMN supplement. If you want to learn all about the science of NAD, my interview with him is really helpful. It's at melanieavalon.com slash NAD. All of that to say, I am making an NMN. I'm so excited. And we've been sourcing, trying to find the most pure version on the market. And the one we found, they're actually ordering it this week because it has like all the criteria, like non-GMO and pure, like kosher and 98 point something percent purity. So it's very exciting. And I'm very excited because this week, the way it works, like with the supplement making industry is you... You find, which I'm all learning about, (laughs) Um, you know what you want to make, and then you have to find the sources of the ingredients, which thankfully I don't have to actually find those companies because I'm working with MD Logic. So my business partner, Scott, who's mostly in charge of this, he finds the sources and then they finally, we order them and then they do in-house testing to make sure it's all what they say it is. So that's the process that we're at right now. If it tests according to what they say, then we will probably have it in, I don't want to put a date, but sooner rather than later. Well, very cool. This is the supplement that David Sinclair in his book, Lifespan, which is my favorite book, (laughs) my favorite health and longevity book. He talks about it, how they were doing studies on NMN in his lab and really finding the benefits of it. And he tells the story in his book about how like his student, and I might've shared the story on the podcast before, but his one of the moments he had was his student had got his mom on NMN. And then his, the student came to him one day and said that he needed to talk to him about something and, and was like really nervous. And David didn't know what he was <laughs> going to say. And then he said that um, his mom that basically her menstrual cycle had come back. Like she was in menopause, but she'd started on NMN and her menstrual cycle had come back, which is kind of crazy. That's not what I'm looking for. I know, but like just as far as the implications of the anti-aging, like the basically in a way, almost reversing aging. So super valuable supplement. I Oh, it's also the supplement that, I'm sorry, this is so long, I'm almost done. It's also the supplement that when I had surgery probably a year ago, I was really wrecked from that. I was just like laying on the couch and I was like, what can I do? Cause I couldn't, I couldn't do my sauna. I couldn't do cryotherapy. I wasn't supposed to lift anything heavier than an iPad. It was just really miserable. And I was really lethargic. And I started high dosing Inamin, like immediately started feeling better. And I, and I remember I asked James, I was like, is it possible that it's actually making me feel that much better? And he's like, yeah. So um, it's a really great supplement to get more information on my email list where we will be releasing information. That is melanieavalon.com slash Avalon X, A-V-A-L-O-N-X. And then to actually purchase that or the Serapeptase, which was my first supplement, that's at avalonx.us. I'm really sorry. I'm just so excited. 
What are your thoughts? <laughs> What's new with you? Well, nothing. I'm just rolling along. <laughs> January, we're at the end of January. By the time this comes out, of course, it'll be February. But January was just a blur. New book, lots of podcast appearances. So, you know, they're starting to wind down, which is is good because I had so many things going on. But I've got a, a little bit of a busy beginning of the week, but then I can take a little breather. So I'm going to the beach with a friend next week for, I'll be there for five nights. So I'm so excited. My friend will be there for three nights, but I'll be there for two nights by myself, like one night ahead of of her getting there. Then she'll be there for three nights. Then I'll stay one more night. What has been your favorite podcast interview? Well, it's really hard to say. I'll enjoy all of them. What has been one you really enjoyed? Well, I really enjoyed Abel James. He was great. He's so nice. (laughs) I know we, we say this every time, but I think the reason I really enjoyed his is because it was the first one I had done on Cleanish ever, the first one. And so I didn't know, I mean, no one had read it except for my editor and the people, you know, like the proofreaders and the lawyer had read it. I mean, it's like no one in the health world had read it that isn't someone who really knows a lot about me. So I was like nervous, but he read it and really liked it. So that was exciting. That's why that one, I think, sticks out. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice. Has it aired? Do you know? Yes, it did air. It came out maybe a couple weeks ago. Awesome. So we can put a link to it in the show notes. All righty. But yeah, other than that, just, you know, rolling along, enjoying everything I'm doing. Awesome. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Happy New Year. By the time this comes out, we will be on the other side of Groundhog Day. Oh, what day is Groundhog Day again? It's February 2nd. It's always February 2nd. And I feel like we've had this conversation maybe every year. So what is it again if he sees his shadow? It scares him and he hides and we have more winter. Oh, thank you for telling me that. I'm going to remember now going forward. That makes sense. I vote that he sees his shadow. No, I'm ready for spring. I have this fabulous screened porch that's been waiting for me that we finished in late October. So I need warm weather so I can go outside. Okay. I need cold. Well, you can turn on your air conditioner and stay inside. You could turn on your heater and stay inside. But I want to go outside. I want to be out in the yard. I want to go outside too. (laughs) Go to your cryotherapy, Melanie, and let me be warm outside in the nature. I literally still wear like my halter dress all winter. That's so funny. I have my Uggs on every day. Shall we jump into everything for today? Yes. Let's get started. All right. So to start things off, we have a question from Quincy. And the subject is fasting question, getting fatter with three exclamation points. Quincy says, hello, Jen, enjoying the book and I've gotten my way through 28 days only to realize I was botching up the schedule. So I'm two weeks into the proper schedule. Can I pop something in real quick? Mm -hmm. The only way you can mess up is to not fast clean, really, in my opinion. So that's the schedules that are in the 28-day fast start as far as like, you know, easing your way in or ripping off the Band-Aid. Those are just suggestions. So there is no what I would call the proper schedule as long as you're fasting clean. That's really all I want to say. It's not regimented. There's not like a, a right way to do it. How would people think that they botched it? I don't know what he means by botching up the schedule. Maybe he just wasn't fasting. Maybe. Or maybe he wasn't fasting clean. That is likely. So I don't know. Anyway, we'll just have to not know exactly for sure, but I just want to clarify, there's no proper schedule unless you're not fasting clean. That's it. All right. Okay, perfect. Or if you're not fasting. Well, yeah. But if you're not fasting clean, I think you're not really fasting. So (laughs) anyway, so back to the question. Okay. So Quincy says, I'm convinced I'm getting chunkier. To qualify, I can feast like no other. Quick history, 2014 keto, 2018 carnivore, 2019 carnivore keto. I'm just reflecting because if he was doing carnivore in 2018, I don't think you can do carnivore and not be keto. So he was probably carnivore keto 2018 and 2019. Or maybe he was just not adding fat and now he's like focused on adding more fat, do you think? Like maybe he was lean protein carnivore and then he was more fatty carnivore. Is that possible? Yeah, maybe. 
you'd be keto either way. Well, yes, but there I, I don't really know the the lingo and the the carnivore community. Maybe he alternates between carnivore and keto. Oh, that's possible. That might be it. Maybe he was strict keto, then he was strict carnivore, and now he like alternates between carnivore and keto. I don't know. Good question though. All right. So he says present still carnivore keto. So he's been effectively low carb since 2014. All sorts of fasting during those years, seven days, five days, 48, 36, 24, one meal a day. And he did one meal a day, 2019 to 2020, pretty consistently. That being said, I can eat 30 ounces of meat or more in one sitting. So when you say feast, I can. I just want to pop in there, Quincy. I eat 30 ounces of meat. I would like die if I ate 30 ounces of meat. <laughs> like we went out to eat, something happened and my box was delayed. So we didn't have a meal. I was counting on it to come. So we had to go out to eat. We had a gift card. So that was fine. But I had like a five ounce filet mignon and I was stuffed. I like got the small one. I'll have the petite filet. Well, I wasn't starving because I had, you know, potatoes and salad and rolls and If I tried to eat like 12 ounces of meat, it would be too much meat for my stomach. So yesterday, you know, remember when I went in the snow to get the scallops? Yes. So they still had a few more scallops at that Costco like an hour away. So I went again yesterday, like an hour to get scallops and cucumbers. And I posted it on my story and I got so many comments. I thought I was going to get comments about the scallops because I bought 13 bags, but everybody was commenting about all the cucumbers in the picture. So many people were like, how do you eat all those? How many do you eat like at a time? Every night, probably. So it's like the long English cucumbers, like the really long ones. I probably eat. Like the long skinny ones, the real skinny ones? No, the normal ones. Like they're thick and long. I probably eat mm, 10. (laughs) All right. And how many scallops would you have alongside that? Or should I say how many bags of scallops? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. So, well, that's why I was thinking because I was, when I was reading his question, 30 ounces. So I normally, I mean, I, I normally eat almost a whole bag and it's a two pound bag. So that's 32 ounces of scallops. And then I also eat chicken or some fish. Like I, I supplement with more meat, probably another six ounces. So I'm probably eating, I'm probably eating 35 ounces of meat every night. Wow. Wow. And 10 cucumbers. And then I eat probably like two pounds of fruit. Wow. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get 10% off my new magnesium supplement. Magnesium is such a crucial mineral in the body. It's involved in over 600 enzymatic processes. Basically, everything that you do requires magnesium, including creating energy from your food, turning it into ATP in the mitochondria, boosting your antioxidant system. Magnesium has been shown to help with the creation of glutathione, regulating your blood sugar levels, affecting nerve health, muscle recovery, muscle contractions, supporting cardiovascular health and blood pressure, aiding sleep and relaxation, and so much more. It's estimated that up to two-thirds of Americans do not get the daily recommended levels of magnesium. And on top of that, magnesium deficiencies can often be silent because only 1% of magnesium is actually in our bloodstream. So that might not be reflective of a true magnesium deficiency. Our modern soils are depleted of magnesium. We're not getting it in our diet. That's why it can be so crucial to supplement with magnesium daily. I wanted to make the best magnesium on the market and that is what magnesium eight is. It contains eight forms of magnesium and their most absorbable forms so you can truly boost your magnesium levels. It comes with the cofactor methylated B6 to help with absorption as well as chelated manganese because magnesium can actually displace manganese in the body. My Avalon X supplements are free of all problematic fillers, including rice, which is very, very common in a lot of supplements, including some popular magnesium supplements on the market. It's tested multiple times for purity and potency and to be free of all common allergens as well as free of heavy metals and mold. And it comes in a glass bottle to help prevent leaching of toxins into our bodies and the environment. Friends, I wanted to make the best magnesium on the market and that is what this magnesium is. You can get magnesium eight at avalonx.us and use the coupon code MelanieAvalon to get 10% off your order. That code will also work on all my supplements, including my first supplement that I made, Serapeptase. You guys love serapeptase. 
a proteolytic enzyme created by the Japanese silkworm that breaks down problematic proteins in your body and can help allergies, inflammation, wound healing, clear up your skin, clear brain fog, even reduce cholesterol and amyloid plaque. All of this is at avalonx.us. That coupon code Melanie Avalon will also get you 10% off site-wide from my amazing partner, MD Logic Health. For that, just go to melanieavalon.com slash mdlogic. You can also get on my email list for all of the updates. That's at avalonx.us slash email list. And I'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. I can't even imagine. That's a lot of food. It's wonderful. I do not eat that much food. <laughs> I don't know where you're putting it, Melanie. I don't know how it's getting inside your body. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. It's over like four hours. The thing I love about it, though, is when you don't well, I don't want to make blanket statements, but I found for me and I found for people who have, well, most people don't go this crazy, but if you don't add, like if you really just stay whole foods, like don't add, because I eat high protein, lower fat, don't add fat, don't, you can really just like eat as much as you want. And I, I mean, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but it's very satiating. I don't feel like I'm overeating at the same time, even though it's massive volumes. That's what I'm trying to say. And I'm actually glad I said all that because I'm going to tie it into Quincy's question. So Quincy says, so when you say feast, I can. So us both, you and me both, Quincy. He says, generally my meals are red meat with eggs or bacon, coffee with heavy cream. So I'm intent on following this through for several months because your version of this is from a scientific standpoint. I'm just concerned that by this point, I may be out kicking my coverage on feasting days and getting fatter. I'm in panic mode because pants and shirts are fitting more snug. I recall you saying one could plan on gaining weight during the first 28 days. I'm strength training and doing little cardio. There are other factors, I'm sure. I appreciate the email access to us, I guess. So he is a soon-to-be 44-year-old male. Thanks. So here's what I'm I'm questioning. It doesn't sound like he changed his diet at all, but he's just – and he's also done a lot of fasting. So I'm not really sure what's different. And it might be like, let's say, for example, that he's just eating in a shorter window. So instead of like eating spread out throughout the day, he's eating all of his food, but it was the similar kind of food as before but in a shorter window, that might make your clothing feel like they're fitting more snugly just because you've got more food inside your digestive system, like at a time. Like I'm picturing a snake that's eating like, that's eating a, I don't know, a little animal. And it's like, you can see it going down the, does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? Like that little animal's bulging its way down its digestive system. Or like when the snake eats the egg and it's like. Yeah. So it could just be that if you're eating in a shorter period of time than you're used to, you might just feel like, oh, here's a whole lot of food inside my body because it's a shorter period of time. I would really, I mean, unless you're eating, I mean, I don't know. It's the thing that that makes me puzzled about why he would feel like he's eating too much is because it doesn't seem like his food has changed. What are you thinking, Melanie? I have a lot of questions here. A lot of questions, Quincy. So the vibe I'm getting, and you can let us know if this is correct, Quincy, the vibe I'm getting, and and it is confusing because he's done fasting a lot and he's sort of done similar diet the whole time, but the vibe I'm getting is that now he's committing to this fasting schedule with the 28 days. And I think he's probably doing a shorter window. Like because the thing that he's focusing on is how he is eating so much and he feels like he's just feasting. So I feel like maybe he feels like he's using it as a like excuse to just overindulge and go crazy consistently and he feels like he's gaining weight from that. He's overeating perhaps. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from him. Okay. You can overeat and that's not you know what we would recommend if if weight loss, but I don't know. I don't know that Quincy may not want to lose weight. It seems like maybe he just wants to not gain weight because he's strength training. He's doing cardio. I would just, you know, if what Melanie said is right and you feel like you're overdoing it, just, you know, you, you know, scale back a little bit. 
Yeah, because he says that he's like in panic mode and he feels like he's gaining weight and he feels like he's kicking his coverage on feasting days. So I think he, it sounds like he feels like, even though he's fasting because he's feasting so much that he's not getting, he's not being protected by the fasting in a way. So what I was going to suggest, and this kind of relates to everything I was saying before, if you do indeed want to stay carnivore or keto or whatever you are doing, which is you've been doing it a long time. I have two thoughts here. One is the feasting that you're having when you're actually, and you feel like you're overindulging, presumably. Are you doing so because you literally feel like you can't get full? Like, what is that experience like? Or is it more of a mindset of feeling like you're just, what's the word? More for pleasure rather than feeling like you can't get satiated. Regardless, either way, if you do want to stay with these foods, I think if you just switch to a leaner version of the food choices, that might work. So because right now it sounds like you're eating a fatty version of carnivore because bacon is very fatty, red meat tends to cream, eggs. You can still do carnivore and low carb. And and it doesn't even have to be like crazy fat-free carnivore. Like it doesn't have to be chicken breasts and egg whites. It could just be like, so for the red meat, it could be like, you know, fillets and sirloin rather than if you're doing, you know, ribeyes. And then eggs you could keep or you could do a mix of egg whites and normal eggs. Bacon, you could maybe mix the bacon or have less bacon, you know, reduce the cream. I would try a lower fat approach to carnivore and keto and still allow yourself to feast. But this goes into what I was saying a second ago about I think a lot of people, if they are eating leaner versions of whole foods, can it's harder to gain weight with that situation compared to a higher fat meal. Where And I've talked about this before, but I think one of the most important, and I will say it again, <laughs> I think one of the most important things to understand, because a lot of people think with keto and carnivore and low-carb, high-fat, they think fat doesn't release insulin, so unlimited fat because it's not going to get stored because it doesn't release insulin. But the thing to to understand here is it does not release insulin because it is so easily stored. It doesn't require insulin to be stored. Yeah. This is like the <laughs> this is the paradigm shift. So I say that just to express the fat is very easily stored. So, Quincy, I would suggest if you're happy with carnivore, if you're happy with keto, just try a lower fat approach to carnivore and keto. I mean, I think that might do it for you. It would help me to know what actually has changed versus what he was doing before. Because like what he was doing before, if he was eating the same exact things and now all he's doing is eating it in a shorter window, I can't think of a way that it would actually make you gain more weight unless, like I said, it was just the the weight of the food. That's the thing. Or it could be that when he doesn't eat in a window that he just eats like substantially less. That's the thing. So if he's shortened his eating time, but greatly increased the amount, that would be interesting. That's what I don't know. Because honestly, the adjustment period, if someone's been keto, low carb since 2014, the adjustment period is to get you metabolically flexible. And if you've been keto since 2014 and carnivore, you're, you're already metabolically flexible. So the adjustment period part about, you know, needing to get metabolically flexible wouldn't really apply. So if the only thing that's changed is when, that's the puzzle. But if when and amount have both changed, that's that's important. So just think of all the variables, you know, examine what you're doing, Quincy. Think about what did I change? And whatever variable you change, just changing time, having shorter eating windows versus what you had before would not make you gain fat. But changing amount and time, that's two variables. So the amount is likely the issue. Yeah. And the reason I'm just emphasizing maybe trying that lower fat approach is I'm getting the sense that he sounds like me. Like he sounds like he likes to just eat a ton, you know, volume wise. I relate. And that's why I think that approach might work for you. But... All right. Well, write back, Quincy, and let us know. Give us a follow-up and tell us. And of course, by the time you hear this, some time will have gone by. So you can tell us what you might have changed over the time, that sort of thing. I would love to know. And also, do you want to comment on his 
coffee with cream. I mean, it could be in his eating window, but I, th- I think it's in his eating window because that's what he said. He said meals. Yeah. He said my meals are. That was in the meals section. So, yep. Cool. All right. We have a question from Sharon, and the subject is essential oils. She says, love your podcast. I await eagerly each week for a new podcast. Lost 30 pounds since starting last August. My question is, any research about using essential oils while in a fasted state? I love my essential oils, lemon, peppermint oil in my water, etc. Just curious about your thoughts on this. Thank you. All right, Sharon. So thank you so much for your question. I actually recently re-interviewed Eric Zielinski. He and his wife, Sabrina, are authors of The Healing Power of Essential Oils and The Essential Oils Diet, and I brought him on for his new book, The Essential Oils Apothecary. It's super fun because I've talked about this on the show before, but they actually live sort of near me, so I've actually met them in person and had dinner, which was super fun. But I just wanted to put them out there as a resource for anybody interested in essential oils, using them. People who are not too familiar might be a little bit casual about them, but they really are medicine in a way. Like they they are super concentrated forms of, you know, plant compounds that can have massive beneficial effects on health. They're not just something to be taken lightly. So as far as using them in the fast, in the essential oils apothecary, they actually talk about all the different ways to make essential oils and how to use them be it an inhaler, so breathing it in, or topically, or which would be like a roll-on or something, or internally, which would be like what Sharon is talking about. But they also take them via pills sometimes. As far as using them during fasting, so I do personally use peppermint essential oil and a sort of breath spray, but I don't put essential oils in my water to drink. Jen, how would this line up with the clean fast? Oh, 100% same thing. Peppermint is in the gray area in my my diagram on the clean fast because some people can't use it. They put a little peppermint oil on their tongue. They're starving. They're shaky. It definitely, their body's like food's coming in. For me, no. It doesn't bother my body at all. Maybe because I use peppermint Burt's Bees all day long and my body's like, oh yeah, that's nothing. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But definitely I wouldn't put it in your water because that's like a different sensory sensation that goes on and on and on. So I'm, I'm no with any kind of water enhancers at all. Drink plain water. Doesn't need to be flavored. If you want to have flavored water, have it in your eating window. That would apply for lemon or anything. But yes, I use a little bit of peppermint oil for breath when needed. Not a lot. I mean, I don't need it frequently, mainly just at home. I don't use it around the house. But if I'm like out and talking to people close, I might. Awesome. I was actually at my cryo place the other day and they were having a sort of celebration for something. So they had water and they had water with like cucumber in it. And I hadn't had that spa type of water in a really, really long time. And I was like, oh, this won't, this will be fine. This won't like affect my fast. And I had some and I was like, oh, this, this makes me feel not so good. I think it definitely had an effect, like it, an insulin release. Oh yeah. I would a hundred percent expect it to just based on anything that I've ever experimented with. Ditto. You know, once you recognize the clean fast, you know. So yeah. Yep. So All right. Shall we go on to our next question? Yes. So we have a question from Ashley, and the subject is two-year backslide. And Ashley says, Hi, ladies. Thank you for everything. You are both amazing. I have a question about unexpected weight gain. I know, I know. Who doesn't, right? I've been doing IF for two years with amazing weight loss and health success. I'm 5'5". Starting weight was 140, and I reached my goal of 126 months in. I was able to maintain for a long time, but for several weeks, my Shapa has been dark gray. And for listeners, the Shapa scale is a scale that uses colors rather than numbers to keep track on your weight gain or weight loss. And what are the colors? So dark gray means you're gaining. Yeah, dark gray is gaining pretty quickly or like a substantial amount. Light gray is slight weight gain. Green means maintaining. Teal means you're losing slow trend. And blue is you're losing more quickly. Awesome. And if anyone wants to see more about it, go to jenstevens.com slash Shapa. Awesome. I was using Shapa 
But then I realized I prefer the numbers, which is which is interesting. Like I thought it would something that resonated with me, but not as much. Yeah, I really liked the shape. I I stopped using it just because my year subscription is over. So I'm like, all right, that was fun. <laughs> what I really enjoyed, I learned you could kind of game the system by looking at your shape of age. And so I'd never looked at a, a weight number, but my shape of age would change. And so I already always knew if my shape of age was going up, <laughs> that was my weight went up. But because my age didn't have any negative connotation like a number, right? Like the, the weight number, I didn't care. The lowest I got was I was 18 years old on my shape of scale. Isn't that fun? So how did you look at the age and not the color? Well, it just shows you. I, I looked at the color. I didn't look at the number. I looked at the color and the age every day. It does have a number? Oh, you can. If you sync it with your Apple Help, you can look at the number. Oh, yeah. So you can see a number. I never looked at the number, but I just looked at the the color and the the shape of age. But I, I noticed, like I figured out, like some of my friends were using them at the same time. So we were like, yeah, the age is really showing your fluctuations. When your age would go up, you're like, okay, I fluctuated upward, even if your color didn't change. You could tell from your age what your fluctuations were doing. So if your age started going down, you knew your color was going to start to go down. (laughs) Anyway, I enjoyed being 18 on the Shapa scale. Thank you, Shapa. So back to Ashley's question. She says, I finally checked the number and I'm back to 135. Oh, okay. (laughs) She just said that she (laughs) checked the number. I haven't changed anything. Seriously, I have OCD, the diagnosed kind, not the kind that just likes to clean a lot. So I eat exactly the same foods every day. I break my fast with oatmeal or bananas, snack on some cheese, then have dinner with my family that usually includes some kind of pasta, meat, and veggies. I also have wine. I know my diet isn't amazing, but it literally hasn't changed. So what do you think the deal is with the game? I am also experiencing other issues like getting hungry earlier Although I'm a teacher on holiday break, so that could be part of it. Constipation. She says, sorry if that's gross, but it's not gross, Ashley. And fatigue. I feel bloated slash puffy all the time, and even my skin looks dull. I'm only 37, so it seems too early for menopause. Should I be playing around with my eating window? I'm afraid of making a bad situation worse. Also, because I know Jen will ask, my honesty pants are too tight, so I know that pesky scale is telling the truth. Thank you both. Your voices make my Chicago commute bearable. I love Melanie's inquisitiveness for all the things I find strange. Being cold on purpose, for example. (laughs) Ah. And Jen's expertise delivered through that sassy Southern accent. Ashley. All right, Ashley. Gosh, I know that's got to be frustrating. And the fact that your window hasn't changed and your diet hasn't changed, but other things have changed make me think something is going on behind the scenes, constipation, fatigue, bloating and puffiness, your skin looks dull. I wonder if like if there's, you know, something if you were sick at some point, if you can pinpoint like, you know, any medical change in your body that was different than than normal, like, you know, if you've changed your birth control or had a medical procedure or anything that's different that could be causing increased inflammation in your body because that's what it sounds like. And if you haven't changed your eating window and you've been doing IF for two years and you eat exactly the same thing and you had reached homeostasis, then something has changed and made your body be more inflamed in some way. I mean, it could be your thyroid. It could be autoimmune. I mean, I don't know. I could like start naming things that would cause your body, but something has changed. And it's just really hard to know what that is. So, I mean, you could have a some sort of a vitamin deficiency. Just the fact that you're having, you know, the weight gain alone is one sign, but the fact that you're having bloating, puffiness, that all sounds like inflammation. What do you think, Melanie? Oh, the fatigue, yeah. Thyroid is something that really pops up as an idea for me. I don't know. What do you think, Melanie? Since her... OCD is diagnosed, if she's done any medications related to that, that could be huge, a huge factor. I agree. And because her question was, should she be playing around with the eating window? I would probably look at the the foods. If you're going to play around with something, 
when people think that maybe they could be making different food choices that might benefit them better, that vibe usually sinks into the question. The only part that's interesting to me, though, is that she hadn't changed her food. Like, it's the same food that she ate when she went from 140 to 120. And so I don't know why she would go back to 135 with the same exact food. Yeah, but regardless, I still think addressing it could possibly bring benefit, especially if it's something that if it is hormonal or something else, I just think it could be benefited by looking at food choices. If any of the food choices are creating inflammation or not working with your body, it's going to be hard to fast your way out of that. That's going to probably be a continued issue. And things like constipation can I think really be helped if you find the foods that work for you, especially me struggling with IBS. I know that the foods that I eat really affect that. So that was just to answer the question about like, should I be playing around with my eating window? I would probably look at the food choices first rather than the eating window. What what do you think about her thoughts about afraid of making a bad situation worse playing around with the eating window? It just depends on what's the root cause here. I don't know how she's going to make a bad situation worse by playing with her eating window, but the only reason I would look to the eating window is if you think you might have had window creep, because that does happen sometimes in maintenance and people don't realize it. Window creep is when she said, I'm getting hungry earlier, so now she's opening earlier, so now she's got window creep. So she's like, everything's exactly the same, except when you really dig in, it isn't. Like maybe you used to have a three-hour eating window and now it's more like six. And also, opening earlier can lead to being hungrier because now you get used to having the longer window and you're not quite getting into ketosis as early. You're not having that same energy that you have because of that window creep. So I would look really hard. And if you have had window creep, you'll be able to find it. If not, because I mean, it happened to me when I started not going to school anymore because I used to open my eating window at home when I got home from work and it was like 4.30. But now I'm home all the time, so I'm like, well, it's two. I think I'll open my window now because I can if I want to. That's window creep. And actually, because I was looking back at the dates, so she's doing IF for two years, and then she lost 20 pounds in six months and was maintaining, and it was only in a few weeks that she probably gained 15 pounds, but it aligns with her being on break. And the holidays. And so the holidays also... You know, a lot of people gain weight over the holidays, so that could be it as well. Yeah, that could be a huge thing. Like your routine changing around, maybe not being as active, and then on top of that, I know she says she's eating the same things. But if the answer is really your window is exactly the same and your diet hasn't changed at all, then I would dig in because, you know, fatigue, bloating, puffiness, constipation, all that shouldn't just, you know— come out of nowhere. But that would come along with window creep or eating more over the holidays. So it really just depends. I would say, Ashley, really think about it. Oh, I did have a little window creep or, oh, I did eat you know, a lot more because it was the holidays and I was celebrating and maybe I didn't think about that. And then all those symptoms would be explained by that. Or did you change medications or start a medication? Right. Exactly. Or have an illness. Like, I have a friend. I've talked about her before, but it's just a striking example. She had food poisoning, and it completely changed her gut for, like, years. And she started losing weight like crazy, like, lost so much. Everybody's probably like, oh, I wish I had that problem. You don't want the problem because she was, like, constant diarrhea, so very sick, and couldn't eat or tolerate any foods at all, was losing so much weight that she was, like, skinnier than her 12-year-old son. I mean, it was, like, not good. But because her gut microbiome was so disrupted from that food poisoning, she had to really build back her health. But that lets you know that there's so many factors. She could not eat enough food to not lose weight like crazy. And that lets us know that it's not just always in our control when things are going on behind the scenes. Those things are powerful. Exactly. Shall we answer one more question? Yep. And we have a question from Scott. And the subject is blood glucose spikes. Scott says, hi, Jen and Melanie. I just recently subscribed to your podcast and enjoyed listening. Just to give you some background, I'm very new to IF. I've been practicing the one meal a day version for about two months, losing 20 pounds. I have about 25 more to go before I'm at my target weight, but still plan on staying on the one meal. 
I may start having beer, wine, and dessert with my meal. I walk lately about seven to 10 miles per day, five to seven miles per week. That is a lot of walking, Scott. <laughs> he said, I mean, maybe I wonder if it's his work. I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering if it was concentrated or if it was during what he's doing. Yeah. So Scott says, I have normal blood sugars before I started the fasting regimen, and currently they are in normal ranges. Now to my question. I only drink water, black coffee, and calorie-free, unsweetened soda water during my fasting window. So I'm also assuming that's unflavored as well. Unflavored, unsweetened. Well, he talks about it in a little bit. It has essences in it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Alert, Scott. Alert. Okay. So let's see. He said, as an experiment, I wanted to track my glucose levels during my fasts. And during the one 48-hour fast I did recently, what I've noticed is when I wake up, as an example, I'll take my glucose level via finger prick and home testing meter. And my glucose level goes up by 10 to 12 points a half hour after the coffee. Very normal, by the way, Scott, because coffee makes our liver dump some glycogen, which makes our blood glucose go up. Still in the good range, though. In the afternoon, between all the tap water, I'll have a can of Perrier calorie-free soda water, strawberry or watermelon essences, and the same thing will happen. I'll check my glucose level before, and then a half hour later, it is up 10 to 12 points. On a different day, I drank only plain soda water, and there was no spike in blood glucose. Am I hurting the gains of fasting with the 10 to 12-point glucose spikes, or am I overthinking? I can easily switch to plain soda water. Yes, Scott, I would do that. Switch to plain soda water, but I'm not sure how I can give up coffee. You do not need to give up coffee. Any insights you have would be greatly appreciated. And then he said, just for your benefit, these are his blood glucose levels. Wake up 95, after black coffee, 107, afternoon after a long walk, 78, after Perrier flavored, 89. Best regards, Scott. All right, Scott. Thank you so much for your question. So for are you overthinking? I think it's a yes and a no. And I will tell you why. I don't think it's overthinking at all to monitor our biomarkers. So I think it's super amazing that you are, you know, taking your blood sugar measurements and trying to figure out what's going on. So I don't think that's overthinking. I think that's awesome. Where I do think you're overthinking is the conclusions that you might be drawing based on limited data. And limited data, which as well, is not concerning. So like the numbers he's giving us, those are all good, (laughs) in my opinion. I mean, 107 is higher, but after black coffee, that's a really normal response. But waking up 95 after black coffee, 107, 78 after your walk, even 89 as a quote spike in the 80s is typically considered, you know, very good blood sugar levels. So actually what I would recommend though in getting more clarity with all of this, I think you are the type of person Scott that would really really benefit from doing a trial with a CGM. If you haven't done one before, it's a sensor that you wear for around 2 weeks and it will give you constant data about your blood sugar levels 24-7 during those two weeks. And it updates to an app if you get it through a service that provides it. And then that app will show you trends and show you how you are reacting to different things. So today's episode is actually sponsored in part by Levels. I did not plan this, I promise. It's just really perfect. And they actually do provide access to CGMs because in the in the past, historically, CGMs required a prescription from a doctor. Typically, you needed to have diabetes. So if you listen to the ad, wherever that ad is in this episode, you can check out the show notes and there will be more information about it. But the reason I think this will really benefit you, Scott, is because when you wear a CGM, you realize just how much our blood sugar levels do and can fluctuate. And you realize that, you know, just checking it at one moment is like a snapshot. It's kind of like watching a movie scene and just seeing a screenshot of the movie. You don't know what's happening in that movie scene, just seeing one screenshot. So I think that could really, really benefit you. And I know Jen has thoughts about soda water, but try CGM. I think you'll get more clarity. I would not personally, I'm not a doctor, but be concerned with those those numbers. Hi friends, we are so honored to be sponsored in part today by Nutrisense. 
You guys hear us talk about continuous glucose monitors, aka CGMs, all the time on this show. And in particular, we love NutriSense, and here is why. NutriSense not only provides a 24-7 moving picture of your glucose values, they also offer a unique opportunity for self-discovery. So imagine this. You have a meal, and then you notice a spike in your glucose levels. So you think, hmm, that didn't go well. But here's the magic. Tomorrow, you can make a simple change. You can swap whatever you were eating for something else. Now you have real-time data to evaluate the impact. Maybe instead of that fruit, you have some vegetables. Maybe instead of that oatmeal, you have some yogurt. Maybe instead of that steak, you have some fruit. The continuous feedback loop that you can get with a NutriSense CGM empowers you to make quick, informed iterations with your meals. Maybe the change results in a completely normal glucose level, or maybe it's still a little bit high, but significantly better. Armed with this knowledge, you can refine your choices further, rapidly steering your glucose values back to the normal range. Without a continuous glucose monitor, honestly, you're just guessing and assuming that what you're doing is working. And when you go test your blood sugar levels at the doctor, that's just a snapshot of that one moment in time. It's not telling you what actually was happening throughout the day all the time. What makes NutriSense truly transformative is its ability to create lasting habits and intrinsic motivation. So instead of relying on generic advice from professionals or online sources or us, you have personalized real-time data from your own body. When you see the direct impact of your choices, it will resonate on a whole new level. This newfound awareness becomes the driving force, making it easier than ever to stay motivated and committed to your health journey. I promise you, friends, it's like opening your eyes to the secret to lasting change because it gives you this empowering knowledge that you just didn't have before. So if you're looking to take charge of your health, gain real insights into your body and make sustainable, positive changes, NutriSense is your ultimate partner. Join them and us on this journey of discovery and unlock your full health potential. Get started today at NutriSense.com slash podcast and receive a $30 discount off of your first month, which includes two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support. That's nutrisense.com slash IF podcast for a $30 discount off your first month with two CGM sensors, free shipping and professional nutritionist support, which by the way, I get a lot of feedback on just how helpful that nutritionist support is. It's so easy. You can talk to them in real time in the app and they can really help you make sense of all the data that you receive from your continuous glucose monitor. NutriSense.com slash podcast. And I am just so grateful to NutriSense for helping support today's show. Exactly. I will say, Scott, the clean fast is plain water, black coffee, plain tea, plain sparkling water. So avoid the flavored waters because of the cephalic phase insulin response. Like for example, You drink the strawberry Perrier, and your brain's like, ooh, strawberries are coming in. But you're not really having strawberries come in. So, But your brain thinks they are, so you kick out some insulin to deal with it. Now, we want to keep our insulin low during the fast because that's where the magic happens is in a low insulin state. We want to tap into our fat stores well, and low insulin helps us to do that. So also, after reading... I'm really behind. I haven't read much more of Why We Get Sick by Benjamin Bickman. We want to keep our insulin low, and his premise is so much of what's wrong with our health now has to do with insulin resistance and having chronic high levels of insulin. And if you think back, you know, the 1970s, the 50s, the 20s, keep going back. I mean, people drank plain water. There were no water enhancers. And so we're pretty much living in a state of constant taste stimulation now. And so I, I think that is a big reason why. I mean, honestly, I think that if we, if everyone in the world changed nothing except their beverages, I'm saying nobody needs to fast, nobody change your diet. The only thing we change in the world is that people only drink plain water, plain sparkling water, black coffee, black tea. I bet we'd see a huge health improvement. With just that one change. To that point, I'm about to interview Dr. Rick Johnson for his book. And I've talked about it on this show before, but um, his new book is called Nature Wants Us to Be Fat. And he's the one that studies fructose and high fructose corn syrup. And I mean, he really makes the case that especially beverages, I know we were talking about like non-caloric beverages in this question, but the role of like soft drinks in the obesity epidemic, I think, is just so huge. But I think 
The role in the flavored beverages too, these zero calories, even not even the ones that are not sweetened, but the zero calorie unsweetened, just fruity ones, I think have a role too. I really do. Oh, this was something interesting. Did you know that, um, well, these aren't normally in those drinks, but sorbitol, the non-caloric sweetener, it actually becomes fructose in our bodies. That's interesting. And I wouldn't think that they might not be in those. Who knows? All those different flavored things, like especially the water enhancer drops, Lord knows what's in those. Agreed. They could have sorbitol. I don't know. (laughs) I haven't ever bought any of those lately, obviously, since I've been fasting. I used to buy that kind of stuff. I never drank unflavored anything. It was, I was living in a French vanilla water enhancer stevia world, honestly. And I had huge abdominal obesity. My waist was so big, I couldn't touch my toenails. I couldn't paint, I mean, I could touch them, but I couldn't paint my toenails. I could barely reach them. My belly was huge and I never had a big belly. Then all of a sudden, there it was. And now, you know, my waist measurement is, not big. I've always been really fascinated by this. Uh, they did a poll on people who had once been obese. I think the option was, would you be obese again if you, it was like some huge amount of money. And most of them said, no. No, I wouldn't. Mm-mm. Because that experience was not worth returning to. It didn't feel good. No, I would not trade the way I feel in my body for any amount of money. And to clarify, I'm not saying that all about a judgment on obesity. I'm I'm talking about the experience of being in a right. Oh, I mean, I've been obese, so I've I've been there. So it didn't feel good. I'm definitely not one to judge because I struggled. I feel like most people who were like me, str- obese, don't feel our best in our bodies. We feel hopeless. And so we give up. We're like, well, I'm just going to embrace it because I was at that point. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace it. This is who I am. Health at any size. I'm going to feel good in my body. I'm not going to, but but I could tell myself that all day long, but I still did not feel good in my body. When I'm trying to walk up the Mayan ruins, I've told the story a million times and I, was, I hit rock bottom on that trip because I was so overly fed on that cruise and I was just miserable and, and, you know, got home and weighed 210 pounds and I didn't feel good in my body. But today I feel great in my body. And it's not just because of the size of my jeans. I literally could run up the Mayan ruins and feel fantastic and then run back down. And then I, my body does what I need it to do. I can get on the floor. I can get up. I can paint my toenails. I can clean my house and I feel good doing it. So that's the difference. It's not the oh, there's shame with being overweight. There's no shame. Anyone who is overweight, you get rid of that shame. You're overweight because of our culture, our foods are different, ultra-processed foods. They're designed in a lab to be addictive. We've been told to eat six times a day. It is not your fault. You're not weak. We've been made to think, well, you're just overweight because you're weak and you're not good enough to lose the weight. That is not true either. It's just having really faulty dietary advice and being fed these ultra-processed foods. And our body responds the way way it responds. And it's not our faults. We've tried so hard. I would bet anyone who's obese has probably tried harder than people like Chad, who never tried. He didn't have to. He hadn't had to struggle. He's just always been lean. So anyway, that's probably all I have to say on that. I agree. And I just to like, comment again and not to be on a soapbox, but like, I believe we should love ourselves at any size, but I think the healthy at any size can be problematic because then people might feel like if they want to change from that experience and try to lose the weight, they might feel like they're not, you know, then they're not accepting themselves. But I think there should be agency in making changes while still loving yourself at any size. I found the link for Scott if he would like to get a CGM. So Scott, you can go to levels.link slash IF podcast. That will let you skip their wait list of 150,000 people and get it today. Sometimes people tell me that they are still on the wait list. And if that happened, that's probably because you somehow got on their main site and didn't go through our link because our link will let you skip the wait list. So levels.link slash IF podcast. 
So this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions for the show, you can directly email questions at iapodcast.com or you can go to iapodcast.com and you can submit questions there. These show notes will be at iapodcast.com slash episode 252. And then you can follow us on Instagram. I am Melanie Avalon, Janice Jen Stevens. Yeah. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? Nope. I think that's it. Looking forward to going to the freezing beach. That's it. That's all I've got going on. Oh my goodness. I hope the cold comes back. I hope it stays forever. Nope. It will not stay forever because we have seasons. I need to move to somewhere where it does stay cold forever. Well, that's possible. A forever winter, as Taylor Swift says. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful, and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice. We're not doctors. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman. Editing by Podcast Doctors. Show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner. Transcripts by Speech Docs. Theme music by Leland Cox. See you next week.